Hello and welcome to the Film versus Film podcast coming to you as always from Burbank, California. This is a podcast. My name is Quinn. I've seen however many movies I've seen in my life and I'm uh, joined by my co-host Leonard Smith Jr. Leonard, take it away. Hey, well, all right, all right, all right, all right. What's going on here, man? I feel like you're a little bit too too lackadaisical right now. You're a little too chill. What's going on, man? I'm not lackadaisical, like Leonard. I'm hurt. Uh, I'm well, hurt. I I'm hurt too because I I had a little uh, money line on the fact that you were going to come in with a, a different type of intro, but I, with I, some I lost references it. with some excitement with some energy. Yeah, I lost it directly on the tip. So, well, I know what it's like to lose, Leonard. All right, so why don't you take over? You just this is the finale uh, of season three of the Film vs. Film podcast. If you're I here, you know, again. you know why Quinn is despondent, because he's already lost the season. But we're mm-hmm. still going to play it out. Yeah, that's right. We got a guest today, but mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. May as well not. May as well. <laughs> we can just pack up and go home. In fact, everybody stop <laughs> listening. Yeah, man. That's no, no, no. Don't stop. You, that's the point for you. <laughs> don't stop listening. Don't stop listening. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we yeah. got a great show today. I was just putting show. a little. I, I, I'm back. I was just putting He's a little. Uh, I had to. I had to get over it, but I'm still stinging from last. You can always get the day. memories erased, Quinn. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. we got a lot of book bookkeeping to talk about before this episode's out, and how this is gonna look for me going forward. But before all of that, we do have our our last episode of season three, our last matchup episode of season three with a guest, where we got two movies to talk about, two good movies. And uh, and I am excited. I, I'm, I'm I'll get back over the course of it. But Leonard, you you go, please. Who who do we have here today? Well, yeah, you know, first of all, it's Leonard. You know who I am. And we have a great guest today, comedian, actor, Jaquise Neal, one of my one of the funniest dudes I know out here. And uh, he's blessed us by uh, taking some time out to watch these movies and come join us today. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, guys? I love that I eat ass. Uh... <laughs> Right in the background, you know, I feel at home, man. I feel at home. <laughs> it feels great. Yeah, for our listeners, Leonard joins every uh, every pod. We we record on Zoom, so we get the audio that that you don't see when this is made into a podcast. But what everyone, all of our guests see when they log on is Leonard in this spot in his bedroom, right in front of his "I eat ass" Listen, uh, man. poster, what, whatever it is, sign. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you know, whatever, whatever, whoever asks you want to eat uh the world needs more ass eaters so you know uh, if leonard is the person to rock for y'all y'all in good hands y'all in I good hands that person we in good hands everybody y'all in good hands <laughs> <laughs> that's right eat more ass give more head anyway yes. so what's up fellas <laughs> uh we are doing i this is a, a fun prop we're doing today uh yeah if you didn't get any of the references and you're like, all right, why, what are they doing? Uh, I didn't give any references. <laughs> we gave a little, we gave some, there was some slight, some slight. Oh, okay. Little. All right. I missed them then. We'll see. <laughs> was eating memories ass a reference to one of our two movies? Memory, memories being erased and, and losing it directly on the tip, you know? Oh, yes, uh, yes. I see now. You see now. He sees. See, I, something, you, you already lost it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're doing a dramatic turn where, you know, comedic comedians or comedic actors switch it up and uh, make that turn to a dramatic role. And uh, I feel like these two choices were probably the top two obvious choices. Sometimes we don't necessarily go with the most obvious choices, but it's kind of hard not to choose either one of these films. And uh, yeah, I kind of thought really hard. 
I, I was trying and I don't know why, because I think I picked a great the, the, the movie I picked is great. But like I was trying to think of something else like it's that thing where it's like I thought it was like a trap game. It's like I don't want to do the thing that is expected because then if I lose on that, like I was like, there's got to be something I'm not thinking of. That's like this great movie that I could pick. And yeah, I had, the I had to come back to the obvious choice. And we both were taking some time. We were like, we got to give these movies to Jakeese. Yeah. And- we're both taking this time and we're like, Jakeese is going to have to watch both of these movies before we record. So there's a, <laughs> we should be getting him our picks in a and that we were texting each other about it and i was like look i already know what's gonna happen it's either gonna be eternal sunshine of spotless line versus uncut gems or it's gonna be uncut gems versus the eternal sunshine of the spotless line and uh, there were a few movies i was thinking about going with i thought you were gonna go eddie murphy you thought yeah i know eddie like i know eddie holds uh yeah yeah i thought about it i even talked about uh you know dolomite uh it's kind of a comedy, but he's a very, he's playing a very like serious. It's not necessarily dram- a dramatic movie, but it's more of a like serious role of him. Yeah. Like, autobiography type, movie, you know, but uh, these choices that we gave you, Jakeez, were you surprised by them? Did you think maybe we were going to see something else? Or- uh, I, I was not surprised by Eternal Sunshine. Uh, first of all, listen, Jim Carrey is one of my favorite actors. Okay. Um, and I, what one role that, like everybody loves eternal sunshine it's the first movie that a lot of people think of when they think of jim carrey taking that dramatic turn uh but my number one dramatic turn from jim carrey was his true first one which was the truman show which is my favorite movie of all time um truman show is i think a fucking masterpiece um say that i'm like damn i fucking love the truman show and i didn't even think about it I almost... Eternal Sunshine is also a masterpiece, I think, too. So, yeah. like, it's great. Uh, so, I was, I, 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 that wasn't surprising. Uncut, Uncut Gems surprised me uh, because, like, like Eternal Sunshine and Truman Show, Man on the Moon, those three movies are Jim Carrey's earlier, like, oh, dramatic. But Uncut Gems is new, er. And Adam Sandler's had a couple, like, really great dramatic turns. Um, and, this one was the most fucking stressful one out of all the goddamn dramatic turns that he took. So I thought like nobody would ever want to watch this movie again. <laughs> um, but it is a great fucking movie because it is truly the most dramatic turn for Adam Sandler that we've ever seen. So and I, you are so right. I had very, very strong feelings about this movie when I watched it. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it in theaters. I watched it like in my house. And I watched it by myself and I literally was pacing in my living room back and forth. Like the last 30 minutes, I did not sit down. I was like, I thought to myself, like, how did people watch this in the theater? Like, I don't even I watched this. I watched this on Christmas Day. Uh, (laughs) It was was terrible, bro. It was a terrible fucking, like, man, we're supposed to be celebrating Jesus's birthday or no, he's had his death. What's what's Christmas? His birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah, Celebrating his birthday and I'm up here stressed in the motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wild. uh, And uh, I, I had only watched it one time, but it had this very strong presence in my mind and I, I could not choose it and rewatching it again. It does hit a little different you know because you know. yeah because you know what's going you know yeah. what's about to happen yeah this one wasn't that stressful watching it the second time. yeah so now you're just literally watching it this time and you're like god you fucking idiot oh god no god yeah. fuck man like <laughs> it's dope though so yeah two good movies i think these movies are dope 
uh, Eternal Sunshine, I think, is a fucking heartbreaking movie. Uh, Uncut Gems is, well, you know, we've already talked about the anxiety-inducing. But I think, you know, the goal was to make you feel anxiety. And yeah. I don't think a movie has done it better yeah. <laughs> Uncut Gems because it fucking worked. It worked. And everybody is dope in it. Got a little Idina Menzel in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was dope. Looking it was a good, good. movie. Uh, both these uh, movies succeeded in what they were trying to do. Um, if you haven't seen either one of these movies and you're listening, that's cool. Um, uh, Why don't you I'll, like do a I'll, quick rundown of Yeah, Uncut I'll do Gems a quick rundown you, yeah. of Uncut Gems. Is, uh, oh, man. Ratner, man. Howie Rat, uh, Howard, Howie uh, Ratner is a Jewish gentleman working. He has his own uh diamond jewelry store in the diamond district in new york he is a degenerate gambler uh he is a, a swindler he's just a runabout and it's you're it's finally come to the point of all these people he owes money and situations he's in and you're following these last few days where he's been waiting for this big ass black opal from Ethiopia. It finally gets there. He's finally going to make this final play to pay off all these people and, and, and make it and get this money. And uh, it's him dealing with a, the three or four days of stress of trying to get this opal into an auction, trying to get away from bookies and people he owes money. And and then you, there's a reveal that the person he owes $100,000 to is his brother-in-law. And they are after him the entire film. And it's just him trying to be one step ahead of the situation he's in. And it seems like he always is. And when he's in a situation, we're like, all right, he, he finally can fix it. There's something about him where he has to bet again and 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 try to get more. And uh, he's just a depressed, angry man who's dealing with his family, his mistress and money and uh and Kevin Garnett. <laughs> he's he's and, one um, step ahead, not like not like Inspector uh, Clouseau is one step ahead. Or that's maybe a bad example. Not like a not like a movie detective is one step ahead of like the criminals. He's one step ahead in the sense that he's like got one foot out the door. So by the time the people that are coming on to collect from his last bet can get yes. him, he's like already one step further away to put down another bet, which if that hits, will pay him out of the ones that he's like, it's yeah, I was most, watching. It. I think I got hives watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. This time I was like, man, he owed this. I was like, damn, I didn't even, the first time I was so into it. I was like, this motherfucker owes like cash 25,000. He owes uh, those dudes 30,000. He owes, he's like, damn, he owes a lot of money to a lot of people. Right. He's just like, it's like kind of like a Ponzi scheme. He's just moving from one money from one place to another, getting another something to pawn. He's pawning KD's ring. He's pawning the weekend's <laughs> necklace that's going to be sold. Like stuff that is not, he's giving away Rolexes that are not his. The weekend like, might have had it coming. The weekend had it coming. And we yeah. had it coming. But also, the, the you know, the thing that also made this movie stressful for me is the subject matter for the most part, I knew very well. Like this what they were they were playing a game that has happened already, you know, like the Celtics game at the end and all that shit. So and I know the world of basketball very well. So like shit like, you know, him betting on the tip. <sighs> like, you know, that shit stresses me out because I know how stupid that is. Like you mm -hmm. you never why would you bet that much money on like the tip mm -hmm. off? Or what? shit like that. It makes me so mad. It made me and so mad. What I appreciate about this movie is if you don't know about betting or like 
you've been in a situation where you bet a decent type of money or you have something invested in a game, this movie like encapsulates that feeling. Like if you don't know it, watching this movie, you're like, damn. Like the stress that Howie is in, like watching these games has to be bananas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you feel this movie makes you feel that way. Like watching a game and hoping that someone gets enough rebounds but in this one it's like i'm hoping he doesn't die and it's like kind of surprising that you're rooting for him and you like but he's such a piece of shit but it's just like such a piece of shit the only part of the movie that i just was like oh no can't get with it it's adam sandler's whack ass being married to idina mazel and fucking (laughs) julia fox like man Fucking these two fine ass white women. Get the fuck out of here, man. Come on, Adam. I I feel you on that. I just think he's the type of person who You weren't swayed by his charm. I was swayed by his charm. It's weird. He has some type of charm and a little bit of the gift of gab that somehow it I it kind of I kind of believed it. I remember the first time watching me like, man, ain't no way. But like the, you see that in life, you're like, why is that woman with that man? Is because he just has some type of aura yes. and money <laughs> and yeah. an apartment for her to live in. It's just yeah, like, that's true. But, that's true. But but when she comes back at the end and like tattoos her name on him, I'm like, hold on, wait a second. Too much, Ooh. man. It's too much. Bro, this man just goddamn slapped a smoothie in your face. <laughs> yeah, bro. You was you, you could have fucked the weekend. <laughs> come on, you come turned on down now. the weekend. You turned down the weekend for Adam Sandler. But I, <laughs> I understand why she would turn down the weekend because the weekend is only going to be there for Saturday and Sunday. And that's she true. wants some, <laughs> she's going to have a place that's to live true. every day of the month. I think that's the end of the episode right there. Uh, <laughs> we did it, guys. We did but it. You retroactively <laughs> lost last week's episode. So now you're back on the spot. You need this <laughs> just for that joke. Uh, let's uh, talk about it. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Yeah, a very different, a very different movie. We, uh, we picked, you know, this, our picks, Jakees, we, we, we joke all the time, uh, even though I've done, I've broken this rule before, but we don't pick movies beyond the, uh, earlier than the mid eighties, because we're, we're picking movies that Leonard and I grew up seeing, or that in the case of Uncut Gems came out very recently. Yeah. Um, so it's probably no mistake that we both picked, uh, even though they were the obvious picks, we both picked two movies with like the powerhouses of like nineties comedy movies in yeah. there starring roles um yeah because these are the comedians we grew up with these yeah. are the comedians that we grew up with yeah, yeah i yeah. mean and these are like the box office kings of like the night you know 90s right. comedy and and so it is interesting to see uh it shake out that way i picked as we've revealed uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which is michel gondry i think i said that right directing a charlie kaufman script uh starring jim carrey and kate winslet with a uh, just a great cast of a bunch of other notable uh familiar faces and it's uh this is a movie where the plot is very simple it's jim carrey plays joel barish he uh finds out that his ex-girlfriend clementine um that not only have they broken up but she has had him through the use of a procedure that obviously does not exist in real life but is taken as pretty commonplace in the movie she's had him erased from her life not just like in the way that when someone breaks up with you and they give you all your shit back she literally went and had the memories of her and joel's time together taken away so that she wouldn't even recognize him to see him and he vindictively as you do when you've been broken up with and you don't you want to win the breakup he has her erased so we kind of see the yeah. process of him uh going through you know michelle gondry is a very visual director there's a lot of very cool 
uh, sequences, very cinematic sequences in this movie that kind of show what it looks like when someone's erased. I think about like that scene where they're in like the library or the bookshop and like you can't see what the names of the books are on the spine yeah, because like that memory is faded. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of very cool visual representations of, of the process. So and when he walks out of the Barnes and Nobles and it's like just like slowly like breaking down. Breaking down. Was, yeah. Uh, that last scene, like the last memory where everything is just fucking like breaking down. Oh, oh yeah. God, don't get it's started. a beautiful film and it's, it's, uh, it's a movie that you... I can tell you about and it's like oh this sounds really interesting but it's like that's half of it you got to see it um, have to see it yeah and uh it's about like what happens because you know if you've ever been broken up with or just had something where you're so angry at a person where you're like I wish I could just excise this person from my life like what happens if you regret that decision well you can't go back when you've had them erased but can you can you ever really erase a memory like I think it asks some um, interesting questions it's a love story but it's not like dour and serious it's it kind of is kind of getting at a lot of matters of the heart and yeah jim carrey um as you said jakees and i now i know perhaps i'll we'll, we'll see by episodes end if i picked wrong my first thought was the truman show because that was the first i remember seeing that movie with my dad and my brother in theaters my brother's name is truman and so there was <laughs> like uh so he's just been hearing Truman Show jokes for 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, like, I remember seeing that movie and knowing Ace, Ven- uh, no, knowing Ace Ventura, knowing Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura, knowing Jim Carrey as the guy with the plastic face and thinking like, oh, this is a really, you know, okay, this is a different film from Jim Carrey and having a tremendous amount. I- I'm with you, Jaquise. I feel like there is maybe in some circles, there's some Jim Carrey slander. Maybe in the modern day, people are like, oh, Jim Carrey is just too outrageous i never liked jim carrey movies i was a huge and remain a huge fan of his comedic work and the fact that he gives i know that it's not people say you can't give 100 percent. jim carrey can jim carrey gives that extra 10 percent on like every comedic role whether it's a great comedy like dumb and dumber or something less worthy of his time uh like like the number 23 like batman and robin the number 23 (laughs) oh he was great listen he was batman forever making gonna see batman forever but well, he was fucking great. No, that's the thing. He was, he was great in <laughs> he it. Was it was a terrible movie. As it's a, a terrible movie, but he was yeah. great in it. He was he was fantastic as the <laughs> and I, Jim Carrey is this. I mean, you you're right. I mean, the thing, you know, you got Dumb and Dumber, uh, The Mask, Ace Ventura One and Two, Liar Liar, which is a fantastic oh, movie. I love you Liar. know, Liar Liar is a fantastic movie, and then all of a sudden, Cable Guy, right? And that's then all too, of a yeah. sudden he just comes out with the Truman show. Right. And it's just, and the, and, and the, the subject matter of the Truman show is even still relevant today. Right. Oh, yeah. So that movie is just, yeah, that movie is set in stone. But then a few years later, as we, you know, t- 2003, I was, how was I in 2003, 16, 17, I was in late high school or whatever. And, and, you know, we've lived with Jim Carrey a little bit more. Now he has the Grinch and everything like that. And then he comes out with this movie and for me being a teenager at that time, you know, you're starting to have your first relationships. You're trying to fuck people for the first time. You're trying to like, you know, you're, you're, you've probably had your heart broken already. And all these things with the person who, like you guys said, we grew up with in the 90s. And this movie was just so heartbreaking and it still is heartbreaking to this day. Because for me, you mentioned something about the erasing of memories and can you ever erase, erase memories, right? And I think that's a great way to look at the movie. But the number one way I look at this movie is after a breakup and things are bad and all in leading up to how things were bad, 
we all love to forget those moments. But is it worth sacrificing forgetting those moments to forget all the great moments too and how yeah. that made you feel and the love and and like just you know like you you guys probably know like when you were in just the special fucking moment and you just want to hold on to that moment forever, right? And we forget about those because life takes takes precedence, but if you feel that again, is it worth forgetting just to get rid of the bad? And like I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. And it's just such an interesting movie, is it's great it's wild too it's like is it worth forgetting because sometimes if you don't forget it you chase that feeling yeah and it maybe encompasses you in in a, in a different way yeah but- and you're also losing the ability to <laughs> take learnings from those bad memories you know it's like you, yeah. you can't just erase those bad erase moments bad in your life you're supposed life. to grow from. i know it's like we're just and we're all being i love this but we're we're all sort of just spitting out like uh, not empty platitudes, but just sort of like those coffee cuts. Like, can you erase event? Like, but it's true, and, and I think that's yeah. what this is. What this movie does so well, while keeping uh, it. One thing that we're talking about when he's on the train, and she's like, "Don't make fun of my name, like Clementine." And he's like, "Okay," and she's like, "Uh, whatever, the, Howard the Hound or whatever." And he's like, "Never heard of it." And I was like, "Had he never heard of it because the Clementine, the like the song and that character." was tied to her or did he actually not know it but like before like well it showed in the memory that he did know it mm-hmm. like okay. the first time uh, they met okay that's right yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah it's just this time i don't know something like that's so the was thing like anything too. that something was a- in him was like don't make fun of it you know mm-hmm. like something yeah. in him was like and it, it and the number one question this movie asks is like you know is destiny a real thing right because they end up together <laughs> yeah. like Back at the end, and with that beautiful Beck song play, change your heart. <laughs> like everything is is great, man. It's great. It's, it's, it's very different endings to these movies. Very different endings. <laughs> very different endings. But to get very back to the heart, because I did think, like for me, it was between right before I made my pick. It was between Truman Show, and I knew Leonard had picked Uncut Gems, so I was like, I'm going Carrie. Uh, for a second, yeah. I was like, should I go like Robin Williams? Robin Williams had some interesting Robin picks. Williams Another great huge ones, yeah. 90s icon and, and forever icon, Robin Williams. But Jim Carrey was more like my guy growing up. So that, for whatever reason, was how I... Something, was about, like, something about Jim Carrey's... Like, there's a lot of these, which is why I thought this was such an interesting like category when I chose, when I was like, can we do this? Something about Jim Carrey movies and his dramatic turns, for whatever reason, just feels so different mm-hmm. than other actors' dramatic ter- dramatic well, to comedic turns. And I don't know what that is. I think Jim Carrey is just an amazing actor. And I think he's so good. Doing comedy and being a comedic actor is like the hardest acting there is, you know? Yeah. And that was kind of going to be my argument, is that Jim Carrey is, is just an amazing actor. He's just not a comedian. Actor. Yeah. He's just an actor. Well, he's definitely a comedian. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But he's just not defined by that. I, yes, you know. right. He's you, yeah, yeah. He you can't you could you wouldn't just call him a comedian. And that um, was kind of my issue with what uh, Quinn was saying earlier. I didn't. If pe- the people who listen to the podcast know, I try not to pick the obvious choice. I try to pick something that's like means something to me that I hold some type of. And sometimes it is the obvious choice. And mm-hmm. but I wanted to maybe go with Dead Poet Society. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, I don't think Robin Williams is just an amazing entertainer and an amazing actor. So I don't know if it's a dramatic turn necessarily. Mm-hmm. Also, one, also too, 
and, and maybe this isn't true. I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 34. So like by the time by the time I was cognizant of movies, Robin Williams had already had dramatic roles. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, like even though I know him as a comedian actor and that was most of the movies I saw, I'd already I had also seen some of his dramatic roles. So for me it was a it was it, it was a little more blended than Jim Carrey, who I grew up with, uh, watching in Living Color, and then Ace Ventura, and then The Mask, and then it was, a, and then I actually saw his first turn. You know, yeah. same with Adam Sandler, we saw his first turn. Mm-hmm. Whereas Robin Williams' first turn generally was, 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 was before the, yeah. we were born, or right as we yeah. were being born. And shit no, like I that, think that's so. exact because for the same reason, I I was initially thinking like. Should I think like something from Tom Hanks? But I'm like, no one thinks of Tom Hanks just as a comedian. Like it, it, Tom anymore. Hanks was, was going this and that since like by the late 80s, he was already taking like somewhat dramatic roles. So I was like, nah, you got to stay off it. And I do think what we both did, Leonard, is we picked guys who established themselves. Whatever, whatever more we learned, whatever other layers we came to find from these guys established themselves pretty solidly as comedians. Jim Carrey was talking out of his butt and Adam Sandler was you know, <laughs> doing the Hanukkah song on SNL. Yeah. And it's pretty clear who both of these guys were. Yeah. And I think that's what makes these movies they interesting. So which leads me to Keith. Well, I wanted to ask you a comedian. Mm-hmm. What about like, what about like a comedian doing a dramatic role appeals to you? Obviously you've talked about it as related to both of the, our picks, but I'm curious, like what made that prompt come to mind for you? Um, it's interesting because like my role to my road, I should say, to acting is very interesting. Like I've always been a performer and everything like that. Uh, I, I credit the weirdest person for making me wanted to be a performer and actor ever. And is Mark Summers, uh, who was the host of Double Dare yeah. uh, when I was growing up. Uh, just because like I would watch him and just be like I want to do what he does like I I want to entertain people how he's entertaining me right and the same with like Jim Carrey like I got in trouble for bringing Ace Ventura as the uh as the class movie to watch in second grade because in the first scene of the movie he's getting his dick sucked so like you know like (laughs) but but like I'm talking out my butt I'm doing all these things and and all the all these things and watching these actors, I was just like, oh man, like there's something about subverting uh, expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about this person is more well-rounded than we gave them credit for. Um, that's always stuck with me. And when I decided that I wanted to become an actor, uh, people who know me, like know me closely know this, uh, and I'll talk about this all the time, but I... Before I went to TV, I was a stage actor for, you know, since I was 16. (laughs) Um, So I've done dramatic roles. I've done dramatic plays. I didn't do improv. I grew up in Chicago. I didn't do fucking improv. I didn't do comedy out there. I did dramatic fucking theater and shit Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And it wasn't until I came out here that I actually started doing comedy just because I was bored. Uh, And I wanted to have something to do. (laughs) I wanted to have a community to be a part of because L.A. is a very tough community to get into. So, like, I've always just kind of related with seeing somebody who we expect or know them for one thing. And it turns out they can do just the other just as well. Or people also, like, look at them and like, oh, they're just as good at this as we, you know, 
think of them at the other thing that they do, or they're more well-rounded or the path that they took to get to where we know them that today uh, was not the path we thought they were going to take when they first burst onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always just been enamored with comedians taking dramatic turns because nobody really thinks about dramatic actors taking a com- comedic turn. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, Leonard, like, the reason I think comedic actors are better actors is because comedy is much fucking harder to do. Uh, and when we get to see that, it's always like, it's always like, huh. Like, even though it's happened so many times, like every fucking comedic actor does a dramatic role and we all say the same shit. Oh, it was pretty good at that. Like, we should know it by now, but we still fucking do the same shit. And it's just fasc- it's fascinating to me. It's so fascinating to me. So that's one reason why uh that's what drew me to like this specific like category and that's what drew me to uh like my top five movies Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine are in my top five you know for that very reason um so yeah that's a long-winded answer but no that that says it all and I think somewhere I I clicked uh I I that's all that's all amazing and I do also click with what you were saying Leonard I agree I'll I'll third what you uh, supported as well Jaquise which is that I think I'm always much more impressed when someone can make me laugh than when someone can do like uh, a, a piece of Hamlet really well. I'm impressed. Mm. I'm impressed to see good acting regardless of genre. But I just think laughing is an involuntary response. Like if you're funny, you're funny. Like I can be like, well, that was good. It didn't move me, but it was whatever when it comes to drama. Um, but laughter, it's like, I know not everyone finds the same thing funny, but like you can tell when someone's funny. So to see someone be able to go back and forth between. Um, and I, I totally agree with you where it's like uh, we give comedians so much credit for being uh, in in like a lot of like subpar roles when they're being serious and it's like almost like oh we're just so impressed that you got through that scene without trying to pull your dick out or something like yeah, yeah. Like the bar is low for comedian <laughs> yeah, actors to be in serious for, yeah. movies but like so when someone really knocks it out of the park it's like oh yeah they're, it's they're so just weird. an all-around talented person like i this is slightly off topic but like saying same like topic we're talking about i remember um like me i got chosen with like maybe 10 ucb people which is like a comedy theater i'm sure you guys were talking about ucb (laughs) but uh to do um like reads for abc um and everybody chose comedy because it's a comedic theater blah 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 but i'm looking through the sides that they gave us to choose from and it's a whole folder of dramatic shit and I'm like, well, everybody's about to choose comedy. I grew up in theater. Will they care if I do some dramatic shit? Um, and it was like, no, you can do what you want. So I was like, all right, bet. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and like everybody goes up there and do comedy. And I go up there and I do my drama shit. And everybody's just blown away. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm just like, I mean, first of all, thank you. But second of <laughs> all, like, what the fuck did y'all think? I just like you know like i can act <laughs> like I, can, yeah. I know what i'm doing you know but like the bar is so low that like if i do if i do anything that's not you know talking about my balls and a vice or some shit then like people are <laughs> impressed and i'm just like this is this is weird like it wasn't even i would have went to go do the same thing in chicago for all these theater directors who i used to audition for and they were like okay that was cool Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they wouldn't have been as impressed you know because i didn't put that much effort into it but you know what i'm saying it's just weird it's weird that we set the bar so low for people who we throw the comedian tag on um because more times than not 
they're more well-rounded performers than like most people give them credit for. And these two men are two of the most talented, you know, men in Hollywood. You know, <laughs> they there's not a there's not a reason why they don't they both don't have dozens upon dozens of films and production companies and and their their talent is is is, is boundless and it is. Although I will say for Adam Sam, I will say this. Okay, for Adam that's Sam. what I was just yeah, I, was, I, was I was waiting to jump in on this too. This <laughs> let, me, let me say this for Adam Sam. Listen, well, Adam Sandler has been a, a he's been no, a, he's had some really great spang, Spanglish, Spanglish, however you say that. Really good. He's punch drunk, punch drunk love. I think he was also in. He was really yep. good in that. He's had some turns where you're like, oh, uh, not strange in affection. That was Will Ferrell. Something else that I can't think of. Rain over people. Me. Funny oh, people. Rain. Adam Sandler has a resume of dramatic roles, but Adam Sandler also does some of the worst fucking comedies. Exactly. <laughs> you can but so, and he does it on purpose, and I'm not mad at him, but exactly. he'll go from like the stupidest shit I've ever seen and then come out with uncut gems. And you're just like, nigga, what you been doing? That's <laughs> Quint thought I was digging myself a hole, but what I was <laughs> going to do is say he does all that and then he pulls fucking uncut gems out of his ass. Yeah. He's just like, Wow, they're like. Let's like, not pretend Jim Carrey doesn't slum. I mean, he's got a Mr. Popper's Penguin or two in his life. But uh, I, I, he does, he does, he for does. Sure. But, but yeah, Adam like, Sandler slums once a year, every year, and it comes out on Netflix. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, sometimes two times a year. Uh, but you know, like I was saying earlier, Jim, even when he is slumming it or whatever, it's still fucking good, and he's like giving it his all and yeah it's not an element of like when adam sanders slumming it he's slumming it which look again i have no problem with i actually love it i think more people should do it he's slumming it saying like yo i just want to do a friend with my fucking move i want to do a movie with my fucking friends yeah uh i don't give a fuck what it is just like run this 50 mil let's go to hawaii (laughs) for five weeks and let's do a movie whereas jim carrey like he may pick a bad script but Jim's still gonna come and give you a Jim Carrey performance and go all out. You know, he's still there to make a movie as in a different way that I feel Adam Sandler makes some of his Netflix films now. And well, he, he also the whole bad script thing was like maybe for a shorter period of time in the past, you know. And I feel yeah. like even if it was kind of a bad script now or something, he still believed in it in some aspect in hidden in his part in the role, which yeah. it's interesting because they're two very different comedians i think people who don't like adam sandler don't like adam and not to speak for all of them but like they don't like adam sandler because there's this slacker comedy like it doesn't ever seem like adam sandler is trying that hard and that i think has extended to his movies in the 2000s and -hmm. certainly the 2010s which is what you're saying jacques it's like just give me a check I'm going to pick five of my friends and we're going to go to a a beautiful island and we're going to give you a movie that's not going to be very good that you can put on Netflix. And Jim Carrey, when people don't like Jim Carrey, I think they're like, this guy is trying way too fucking hard. Like he's the guy, (laughs) he's the guy like the customer service rep who's like, how are you today? How's your day? And then sometimes we're just like, you know, I don't want to be rude, but I just can't match your energy right now. And I think (laughs) that's Jim Carrey's comedy to people who don't like Jim Carrey. I always have because I appreciate people that try that are really putting it all out there and trying. And even if it's not funny, I'm like, yeah, but goddamn, I'm going to, I like, I like that you're, you're out here doing it. And I, I think that's why I was more of a Jim Carrey guy growing up because Sandler comedies, I'd be like, yeah, this one is not really resonating with me, but even like Jim Carrey, it's like, this guy is going all out. It seems like he's risking, you know, 
his his life and limb sometimes to do some of these <laughs> comedic contortions that he put himself yeah. in and i i always appreciated that and uh okay but i weirdly i would think like talking about their comedic personas like jim carrey gives the understated uh, not that he's not trying but jim carrey gives the understated performance in uh in in eternal sunshine whereas sandler kind of gets to be a little bit like unhinged and off the chain okay. in uncut gems yeah so yeah. that was another argument i was gonna make is in internal sunshine the spotless mind jim carrey is kind of still playing something in his wheelhouse just like the depressed like kind of witty guy and it is a i feel like him playing that role was easier than adam trying to play this unhinged <clears throat> gambling that's interesting that's interesting so i i will always i will die on this hill that i for the fucking life of me will never understand how kate winslet got nominated for best actress for that movie and jim carrey did not get nominated for best actor uh for eternal sunshine that's what kate winslet does to her co-stars leo didn't get one in titanic she got one kate winslet's just up here grabbing awards and her co-stars it's so wild and i'm not taking anything away from kate i think she's great she's fantastic in this movie she's very good in this movie but this was a jim carrey vehicle like and, and it's it's interesting that you say like uh that they probably had that his portrayal was probably a little easier than Adams and Uncut Gems. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I disagree I, strongly. I, I, yeah, I, don't I, know know I disagree I with that. I'll say, I'll say this yeah, because he had already done the Truman Show. True. He had already played like he played kind of like an unhinged guy and cable guy. He had already shown Man his on the Moon. Range. He had in Man on the Moon. He had already shown his range by the time this had come out. So if we were talking about Truman Show, I would have been like, okay, this was more shocking to the populace because it was the first time we had seen it. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah. And yeah, Jim Carrey's performance in this wasn't shocking. Like it wasn't, it wasn't shocking. It was just very good. And it's just that Jim, like I said, broad, he, he can do whatever he wants. He is that talented. Adam, we know what the fuck we're getting from Adam Sandler year in and year yeah. out. Okay. And this was a fucking dramatic turn. And he had had dramatic turns like we the movies we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. But this is just fucking different. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, he not yeah, like Punch Drunk Love and Funny People. He is essentially it's, playing the Adam himself, Sandler movie yeah, persona exactly. he's still in, playing a, kind in of a more dramatic, in a more serious exactly. light. But he's not really changing up his his. OK, picture quick question. Life. Rain over me had him changing it up a little bit because he played a uh, someone who was mentally ill in that movie. Who also he plays mentally ill people all the time, as we discussed on last week's uh, show. Yeah, you get two Adam Sandler's. You get normal guy who gets angry, or you get guy who the movie makes great pains to not actually call mentally challenged, but everybody knows. Yeah. That's well, the, what, the good, the funny thing about Rain over me was he was both in that movie because he became <laughs> mentally ill. It was it was mostly PTSD and grief because of his family dying and shit. Uh, so this one, that's probably one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies. I'll have to check it out. I've never watched it. Like, uh, we did Adam Sandler. Yeah, you're catching us on a good week, Jakees. We just Uh, came off the best uh, Adam Sandler movie episode. Do you have opinions on that? Because I'm still smarting over the do you have best Adam Sandler movie? Yeah, yeah, but and and this we're considering Adam Sandler movies like the comedy. I mean, I guess you could go outside the box. I I wanted to pick Uncut Gems for best Adam Sandler movie, but it's not 
That's I think not- you'd have lost because you yeah. got too cute exactly. with the prompt. Because exactly. everybody yeah. knows what you mean when you say, "Do you want to watch an Adam Sandler movie?" And if someone says yes, yeah. and you put on uncut gems, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck, fuck are you doing, doing bro?" <laughs> I, you know, honestly, this is unfair because he's had some movies that's made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> even if they're not great, but Mr. Deeds makes me laugh a lot. I fucking love Mr. Deeds. Click, I like. Uh, Click wow. is, I like Click. It's not a good movie, but I'm entertained whenever I watch it. But I still think his best movie is Big Daddy. I think Big great. Daddy is one of his best movies, like his best. That's like prime Adam Sandler uh because it's a little more grounded than like fucking uh happy gilmore or billy madison you know where he's just like crazed adam sandler uh and this one like was like okay we're gonna make you we're gonna give you the adam sandler that like what is it like if adam sandler just adopted a kid (laughs) you know uh and i think he knocks it out of the park so big daddy is probably probably number one for me we we did happy gilmore versus Waterboy, and leonard won for Waterboy. And, Waterboy uh, is very good. Waterboy is very Waterboy good. Is very Waterboy is very good. good. But he is playing a guy who seems like he got kicked in the head by a horse. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, he is. They never say what it is, but they're like, you he's touched, as you, you might say in the South. I don't know. Yes, he, t- ooh, he touched. Yeah. Um, okay, well, since we're kind of talking about it, you know, both of these guys come from comedic backgrounds. You know, Jim Carrey was at the comedy store doing stand up, he was on In Living Color. Adam Sandler on SNL. So they were introduced to the world as comedians. Yeah, in the early 90s on Sketchlight. I'm see I'm their careers really have similar paths in more ways than I would have thought before we started yeah. talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they both and, started in sketch comedy for the most part. Yeah. We were talking about Adam Sandler movies, but you know, since we're thinking about them as comedians, and I kind of want to give Jim Carrey his his uh, option too since we just talked about Adam like what was and it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie but what was the funniest thing to you about both of these or the funniest sketch or the funniest moment like ace ventura when nature calls a right. he gets he's birthed oh, from a rhinoceros but, robot yeah, rhinoceros and the family that, is, that sees him i will never stop laughing at the way he just plops out buck naked yes that is a classic moment that is yeah, it's a classic even moment. if people don't love ace ventura too that moment is just like I think that's the better one, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I haven't rewatched them recently, but I that was just more one ridiculous. as a kid. It's just it's more, more ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. My yeah. favorite part is Bumblebee tuna, Bumblebee tuna. Excuse me, your balls are showing. Bumblebee tuna. Like it's just such a stupid fucking movie. I love it uh, so much. For me, it's uh Fire Marshal Bill. Uh yeah. I was watching in Living Color when I shouldn't have been watching in Living Color. I was way too young to be watching it, but Oh, I man. still said, let me tell you something. Like oh, Fire Marshal was great for us to watch. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, and then honestly, Liar Liar, man. Like I don't know what yeah. it was about Liar Liar, but that was my favorite Jim Carrey movie, like comedy as a kid. Because I'm kicking my own ass. Which scene from Liar Liar? Because oh, when he, he, he the, that's what I was talking about, risking the, life I, and limb. When he goes on him, goes off on himself in the bathroom and Liar Liar. Yes, like, he's really that really that, hurting that, himself. Yes, yeah. The, the scene with the 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 when he's like first discovering it in the courtroom and then he goes into the bathroom yeah up, man. jesus christ and i also the mama <laughs> when he sees the girl <laughs> in the elevator the cleavage of the yeah elevator. oh my jim God. carrey man listen i could i could do a whole goddamn two-hour episode on jim carrey and and my love for him growing up uh same with you leonard i started on fire marshal bill uh, and all his characters on in, Le- in Living Color. 
Uh, Ace Ventura obviously is classic. Um, I, I think one of the first instances that we saw Jim Carrey might be, oh, Jim Carrey might have a little chops in him was um, the mask. the mask. Not because of the mask, but because of Stanley Ipkiss. The mask doesn't work if Stanley Ipkiss isn't a repressed, like, little more grounded character. Uh, and well, she shows in his debut that he can yeah. do both, you know? Yeah, and those mo- and those and that movie came out the same year as Ace Ventura. So, like, you know, and people don't really see that. But like I said, I'm an actor. I look at shit like that. Uh, Liar Liar is probably when Jim Carrey arrived as because uh, Ace Ventura, uh, Truman Show and Liar Liar both also came out within like a year of each other as well and like as great as he is in The Mask, as great as he is in Dumb and Dumber, as great as he is in Cable Guy and Ace Ventura there's something still raw about him in those movies whereas Liar Liar was like oh, this is an actor. Like, you could tell, like, something clicked for him where you, it, the wheels just turned and he was just firing on all cylinders, not only as a comedic, plastic face actor, but somebody who was going to be number one on the call sheet and was going <laughs> to elevate an entire fucking movie just from his own chops. Like, Liar Liar is that movie it, for me. I, it's literally like they teach you, like, in improv, like, if this is this, then what does that mean? And, like, yeah. he it's just like, damn, every there's not a moment in the movie where you're like, I don't feel like he can't really tell a lot. Like, it's just like, damn, like Mm -hmm. you're sitting here watching him truly struggle. And it's just like, this feels real. And it's so good. Yeah. One of the best pieces of acting in that movie that I was thinking of too, like we talked about the scene where he kicks his ass in the bathroom, which is a physical commitment, but also this pen is red or this pen is blue, whatever it is where he, (laughs) he just wants to tell a simple lie. And I think the pen is blue. So he's trying to write out, like he's testing the limits of this, curse that his son put on him where he cannot yeah. tell a lie and so he's like trying to just write this pen is, and he's he's fighting his own hand and it is like you said leonard it is so convincing that not for a second am i thinking about jim carrey the actor trying to like make the i'm like no no this man's hand is this possessed is and man, it's fighting yeah. him and it's writing on his own head yeah and then that scene where they're like looking at him he's like this pen is blue. it's so the goddamn pen is blue yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it is it is just liar liar is is i would put liar liar up against any comedy in a comedy school and dare anybody to say like it's not one of like it's not a perfect film like you know and there's that's all opinionated but liar liar is up there is one of the better comedic films uh that we've had well if we uh, have a jim carrey episode i know who we're gonna have back on and (laughs) that'd be hard hard. (laughs) (laughs) this easily could have been a jim carrey episode because it could have been truman show versus eternal i i told that would have been interesting I was like, when if you don't pick Eternal Sunshine Spot is Line, I'm I'm probably gonna pick it. So like Well, and that was at the end. I think I never came full circle on that point where I was saying to you, Jakees, like I was between Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine. And what yeah. what landed me down on the side of Eternal Sunshine is Jim Truman Show is so good, but it's like it was very what what appealed to me, and maybe this will wind up being the wrong pick, but like is it Jim Carrey as Joel? is playing an everyman. And in the Truman show, he's also playing an everyman, but of course he's actually the only man. Like he's, he's living in an entire artificial life. So there was something, not that it's not a dramatic role, but it's something, you know, there's that like, good afternoon, good evening and good night. There's, there's still that level of like artifice to his performance of like, he's playing a a normal person in the least normal situation that any person has ever been into. He's the only one that doesn't know, but he's still getting a lot of input from all these different things that make him, 
different. He's, and he's I think still in, performing. Yeah, and Excuse we see me. Jim Carrey every day. Actually. Like all those yeah. roles. I think what maybe also struck for you about Liar Liar is like all those other roles, those comedies from before, or just Fire Marshal Bill. He's never playing a person that you're as watching it. Like, let me get inside the mind of the guy from Dumb and Dumber and think of what makes him go. And it's so interesting to watch him just play a normal because it's like, oh, Jim, he might be me in this situation. I'm not like watching uh, the, the mask and being like, oh, yes, I am Stanley. Ipke. Like they, they yeah. all just feel like yeah. characters. And what I really loved about Eternal Sunshine, it's not the first time, but I think it's the best time where he plays like a guy, just the guy. And this guy, would the movie have been as good? Probably not. But it, you don't need Jim Carrey to make Eternal Sunshine. It's probably not as good if you don't have him. But like you just yeah. need someone who's an everyman. And the fact that he can do that so well and kind of make you feel empathy, which is really not a thing that Jim Carrey's trying to do in a lot of his previous roles, was very mm-hmm. appealing to me. And I think that's why I landed where I did. Now, Leonard, you like you you chose uh, Uncut Gems, but did you think at all about like Punch Drunk Love or? or funny people or any of the other like quote unquote serious I, Sandler roles or was I, it easy? I, I no, it was, that was the problem was we talked about it on the last episode. There was a period of time where I was just like, I'm not watching any more Adam Sandler movies. Like <laughs> it's, I'm over it. And so I missed a lot of those. And uh, so my, my, my selection, you know, my, my choice of movies was a little bit more limited in that capacity. And uh, one movie I was thinking about was, uh, uh, was uh, a requiem for a dream. Oof, Jesus. Yeah, I was kind of glad you didn't give me that because you said that you were thinking about it and I haven't seen that movie and I I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to pick a night where I can get depressed and watch this movie. Yeah, that movie is hard. (laughs) That movie is hard Uh, to watch. Starring the famous comedian Jennifer Connelly, right? That was what you (laughs) Yeah, who's the, who's the, is it the Wayne, uh, is it Damon, Marlon Wayans? Marlon Wayans, yeah. Yeah, but I I was like I'm not gonna do that to either one of you guys. So yeah. um, and I still chose Uncut Gems. Um, yeah, I, you just ratcheted up the tension uh, an entirely different way. But yeah, let's let's, uh, let's go into uh, these talking points. Uh, starting with number one, pop culture. Uh, fuck, I mean, these both are pretty much pop culture heavyweights. One just came out a lot <laughs> earlier than the other. Yeah, and, it's uh, hard to tell the pop cultural footprint of a movie like Uncut Gems, which only came out in 2019, but in what we've had to judge so far, it's an incredibly relevant film. I think there's a shit ton of memes from that off coming off that movie. Like there's, well, you talk about it, Leonard, but you, it it seems like it would have been more difficult because it didn't have as much time, but I feel like it came out roaring. There's a ton of stuff from uncut gems. I, what I, yeah, there's a ton of stuff that from it, but I don't know if it, you know, just the whole Howie and the Furby and the, in the, in the K I think, Oh my God, I'm going to come. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to come is, yeah, the, one of the best lines. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's pop culture, but the, I, the, the pop culture that I liked about it was the pop culture in the movie. I was like, this fucking feels like 2012. That literally is cash out in the jewelry store. Like, uh, I was watching my roommate. Mm-hmm. He's like, wait, uh, he just thought that was some actor. I was like, no, that is literally cash out on one hit wonder from 2011, 2012. Oh, really? He's an actual rapper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Trinidad James is in the movie an actual a rapper from Atlanta, like gold all of my watch. Like I literally, I've met Trinidad James a bunch of times and I was like, that's dope that they were able to get these rappers from this period of time that it's supposed to be and convince them to be like, all right, you're going to play yourself and be this one hit wonder. They got the weekend in it, you know, and, 
the weekend here, they had to like retroactively make him still on the come up. Like he's not yes. one of the most popular yeah, singers in there. He's just popular. some guy yeah. at a club in New York that Adam Sandler's girl on the side may have fucked in a bathroom. So, I would say the pop culture influence on this one is like they really just did their job on the time period. It's a period piece, Leonard. You should have chosen it for our it best period piece episode. It's, <laughs> it's a period piece. It's interesting for Uncut Gems, and I guess we haven't talked about Eternal Sunshine yet, but for Uncut Gems, uh, you know, it does have a lot of, you know, the, the pop culture reference. I don't even know if I would call it pop culture references in the movie. It's just a period piece. It, and they did a really good job at um, setting the 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 era that it was in, you know, with all the things that a lot of people wouldn't have even recognized, you know, but it, it led to the authenticity of the movie. Um Movies nowadays outside of, you know, or or things from back in the day outside of fucking, you know, cartoons um, and some reality clips and things like that generally don't get memefied to the same degree that um, yeah. shit that comes out nowadays does. And we pick it up and we run with it and shit like that. So that's it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. I don't know what you what you have to say about Eternal Sunshine uh, in this pop culture. Yeah, it it's a it's a bit of a trickier uh, thing. And I guess before I move away from Uncut Gems, Leonard, you forgot this is how I win, which I feel like is oh, become, win. God, that's that's number one. A, it's the number one meme. Yeah, and, and uh, just like looking at it, I'm like, oh fuck, okay. Like, also, a lot also, of that New York authenticity. KG fucking yeah, yeah. did his thing in this movie. Like, KG is great, like himself, but like. But just, I believed him when he said he was going to kill Adam Sandler if he lost the train. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, also, uh, I think we haven't talked yet about like we, we mentioned Michelle Gondry, uh, who ha- still has an, a nice career and, and has worked with Jim Carrey again on uh, in television. But that was like his heyday in the mid in the mid 2000s. This movie kind of put him on the map. But we haven't mentioned the Softy Brothers who directed uh, Uncut Gems, who also mm. directed Good Time. Like these guys make incredibly stressful movies. And they also make like very, uh, you mentioned you're from Chicago, Jaquise, you're Leonard, you grew up uh, around Atlanta, a couple other places, but being from outside of New York, growing up in New Jersey, but like, it's very specific New York feel movie. Like these guys, so maybe that's why they know like which uh, era of like, which one hit wonder rapper from 2010 would make Uncut Gems feel more authentic. These guys just make very stressful movies, but movies that also feel very real, despite having larger than life characters like Howie. So I just figured I'd throw them a bone. Eternal Sunshine? I I mean, help me out. You, well, you don't have to help me out, I guess, if I'm arguing. But like, I'm trying to think of like what the most... I, I feel like the idea, and this is a broad one, and you don't find it in like a meme or like a reference or a line, but like just that idea of like erasing someone from your life. Like, I feel like that concept the conceit of the movie has become a little bit of a like i've made jokes on this podcast to you leonard about like erasing a certain moment from your life like eternal sunshine in the spotless mind like Mm -hmm. it feels a little bit broader i think it's definitely um swept into the like i think a lot of the things that are memorable from the movie are the images some of which we've talked about the way that they visually depict erasing things from your mind or just how you how we perceive memory visually uh but i i do think it's strangely even though it's had a lot more time to pick up some of these things uh some pop culture signifiers it feels a little bit like it's the, it's certainly less relevant today than uncut gems in terms of just like in the discourse uh so i 
it's it's in a it's been a bit of a harder spot. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm for, probably forgetting I, something very obvious, I, but I feel like it's it's not like a wide range like pop culture influence, but it's like if you're sitting down with some friends at a party and you're like something comes up and it's like, oh man, I feel that way about this. And it's like it's not something you'll see like in the media or like like out in, in public, but there's that just is that intimate connection where like if you're talking about it, then it's like people have that certain Yeah. Feeling, you know? I- I think I think like if we're talking like true popular culture, right? Eternal Sunshine is pretty hard to say that is as relevant in popular culture as Uncut Gems. I think a big reason for that is just how long it's been since Eternal Sunshine came out in '03 or something like that. So you know, there wasn't even Facebook then. <laughs> um, but but for whatever, but it came out it's still a touchstone in like a lot of our yeah. lives. Right. Yeah. And, and so while on the Twitters and the Instagrams and, you know, the social medias uncut gems is talked about, or you get a lot of memes with it. Um, I think eternal sunshine uh, is more relevant as far as it has stuck with people a little bit longer and will probably like we'll always talk about uncut gems if it's bought up but like it's not eternal sunshine is one of those movies that if anybody brings it up somebody in the room is gonna exactly. be like i fucking love that movie yeah right <laughs> like yeah. so and it's just like something it's like it's almost like an unspoken like cult classic well um so uh, you know i don't know that's a tough one man that's a tough one while you were talking one came to me and this is like one more concrete kind of thing came to me i could be wrong this, I think, uh, this movie came out in 04. This, I think, was the first time that I heard used in movies, uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Like, I feel like there was just every fucking movie for, like, the next decade would do a needle drop of Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra, either, like, yeah. in their trailer or, like, as a cutaway scene where you're doing a montage. That is a very minor thing, but I, I feel like this uh, this kind of brought that song back to the fore and then... The rest of the 2000s just ran wild with it and probably overplayed it. But I remember that song. I still think of that song tied to this movie, and I feel like it's been used so many also, other places. Also, you since. know, listen, the cast of Eternal Sunshine, Uncut Jones is dope, Adam Sandler and Dina, and, Dina, and Dina Menzel, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the cast of Eternal Sunshine has some... Uh, yeah. You got Kristen Dunst, you got Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo, you got Tom Wilkinson, you got Elijah Tom Wood, Wood. You, got, you got you got some heavyweights yeah. in the in the David Cross. David Cross. Yeah, fuck. I forgot about the yeah. yeah. I always forget bench. about David Cross. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a deep bit. So you got some pop bench. culture icons in that in that movie at the very yeah. least. Yeah. And the deep bench helps with how well does it hold up? I feel like uh Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind holds up pretty damn well because it evokes the feelings we all have. It's it's the, <laughs> a tale as old as time, just love yeah. and heartbreak. Love and heartbreak will always be in pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> and even like, I, I know it doesn't really have a distinctive, um, or it, it has a distinctive style, but like, even though like the 2000s don't have a, we're starting to kind of see like, yeah. oh, this is what people used to wear in the 2000s. Now we're seeing it again. But I don't think nostalgia culture has quite cannibalized the 2000s yet. We're still in the 90s. But I think there's that thing of like a Frenchman, the director interpreting American culture where that you don't go back and look at it and sort of be like, oh, that's a bad look. But I remember in 2004 where everyone was wearing Ugg boots and everyone in this movie's got or some something like that where it's like, oh, this doesn't hold up 
stylistically or whatever because it's such yeah. a unique you're, vision that it, so, it could have been movie, made anytime this movie is surprised like when i watched it again i was like this movie is surprisingly timeless mm-hmm. like yeah. there's no I, I i can't really pinpoint an error in yeah, this the movie only thing that would date this movie are the cars like literally. yeah that's it that's literally that's it, it. That's literally yeah. the only thing would date this which is movie. which is genius it's a genius thing to make it timeless like that because of the content matter of the movie is also timeless so you could pick it up and watch it anytime and feel like right at home <laughs> watching like it you said it has its own style but it's not that 2000 it's not that style that we, you would usually see or think you would see from an early 2000s movie. yeah so but yeah, let's yeah. go back to a time even longer ago than 2004 the pre-pandemic days of 2019 which feels like it may as well <laughs> it feels like it was longer than two years ago yeah. yeah and i think uncut gems holds up like i i, I don't think i mean it's like it's hard to say with a movie that just came out two years ago but i don't think there's anything i still laugh about why don't you go fuck the weekend i mean I, there's nothing about that movie it certainly hasn't gotten controversial in the time since uh, or like uh he's like Oh, what you got a hot chick living in the apartment? <laughs> the yeah. chick living in the apartment. The dude said he's a cokehead. Don't listen to me. I'm in his apartment. Like he's like, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, also, can we give a shout out to uh, the special cameo by John Amos in that movie? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which like yeah. I forgot about until yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's right. Literally <laughs> he, the same movie. he was like, oh, he's the father. Of I was like, oh shit, I forgot John Amos. John Amos. <laughs> and he was just like, nope. And I was like, yes, yep. <laughs> no, no, you are not coming in my house and using my bathroom. Yeah. Um, like we talked about it earlier. I mean, the reason why I feel like Uncut Gems holds up, even though it's only two years ago, is the work that they did and the nuances, and it just feels like 2012. And it had to because this literal game happened. Like it's like you said, the subject matter is all like I mean, not the story isn't real, but the mat the subject matter is real. Like yeah, they were in the playoffs against Philadelphia, and yeah. It's actual footage. I it's hard know. for this movie to feel. It's hard for a movie that is supposed to feel dated to feel dated. Yeah. You know, like this movie is supposed to feel dated because it's set in a time that's specific to the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, they did such a good job with the like the, the, the phone, the messages like, oh, damn, the old, old iPhone messages, the fucking everything about it it was just it was i feel like they they did a, a a great job putting it all together yeah all right stop beating around the bush leonard it's time for our third criterion was steve buscemi in either of these movies <laughs> an adam sandler movie and steve buscemi was not in it i know this two adam sandler years. movies in two weeks and he was not in and he was one. not in either we went the whole fucking season without having steve buscemi in a single one of our movies Damn. it's the cur- it's the film versus film curse if we if we think a, an act a character actor is so prominent that he's bound to pop up in many of our picks over the course of a season he or she will not and, it, and it's born out again for steve buscemi who's not season one samuel L. jackson we didn't have him in any movies until we forced our hand and chose that to be the last prompt of the season uh, <laughs> Season two was uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Oh, okay. We okay. didn't have him in any movies. That's, until- that's, I can believe that. Yeah. We had him in season three. He showed up in season three, but he was not in season two when he was a criteria. Uh, yeah. And then this year, Steve Buscemi. Nope. Which means, which means he's going to be in a whole bunch of goddamn uh, episodes <laughs> next year, next season. You know, that's what it means. Uh, yeah. who, what, what would Steve Buscemi... Okay, well, Steve Buscemi in this move in Uncut Gems, I feel like is... The guys that 
owe 30,000 that he gives the fake Rolexes to. I feel like he could be those, uh, one of those guys. He yeah. could maybe be the pilot, the helicopter pilot. Uh, yeah. At the end. He could be, yeah. I, I, or he, I think he could be when they were over at Adina Menzel's, uh, like family house. Like he could ah, yeah. be like a crazy, like, Uncle a crazy like uncle or some yeah, or brother yeah. or some shit in that family. I cannot see him in any scene in Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I well, you know I what? just can't. He, he could he could be David Cross's character. I was thinking something like that or like someone who works but, because the the weirdos in the movie work at the at the facility. Oh, yeah. I'm like so maybe he's not. like working one you know but yeah it's a tough one yeah it's a tough, it's one. a tough one man it's a tough one I've, i feel like eternal sunshine is perfectly cast yeah uh and again as bias and we've had almost mm-hmm. 20 years to sit with the movie but uh but yeah i can't really maybe david cross's character you know but that's literally the only thing i could make that's it yeah. that's it especially you know steve buscemi then in 2003 uh, you know, this is before Boardwalk Empire, you know, so Steve, <laughs> now I can see him in anything, but, yeah. you know, we're doing the same thing that I was talking about earlier. He's a comedic guy. I can't see him, in, but, you know, I can see him in anything now, but yeah, maybe not Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, There's Steve. another season. We'll get <laughs> right, you next you. season, man. Um, I know he listens. Statistics, statistics, stats. Uh, I'll start out with uh, you start out reading Kevin Garnett's line in the game (laughs) (laughs) 26 point Uh, anyways uh, so we got a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDB for uncut gems Um, kind of surprised by that feels a little Uh, low yeah yeah it feels a little low I'm I'm 91% on Rotten Tomatoes I'm only bringing this up because I'm very surprised by this but that's because people are just dumb and they probably were like I'm angry that I'm so stressed It, it this is shocking. Seventy-two percent with Google users. We don't ever really talk about Google users unless it's surprising. And unless surprised. you're using it to bolster your own argument. But yeah. this time I'm not. Now it's, it's it's turning yeah, on you. Yeah, I'm surprised you, you said it. But uh, that's uh, surprising. I think the uh, movie when I first put on like the first time I saw it, not when I was watching it for this, but I was watching it and I was like, I I thought I had a headache. And I know that's not a thing you ever want to say about a movie that I like, <laughs> but I realized it's because of the the score. Like the, he he's like ratcheting up the music yes. in the mix. Oh yes, and yes. it's yes. and it's like it's like it wasn't until he got out of the off the the floor, you know, out of the behind the glass in his office, and he went back into his office that I could even isolate what it was because it's so much like people talking, and and I was like it was a beehive in my head, and I it's like it took frantic. me a while to kind of get on the same wavelength as the movie. And I would not be surprised. And I actually, I heard from people, some people that I know are just like, in the, if people are like, I got five minutes into that movie and I turned it off. And I love this movie, but yeah. I can understand why some people are like, this is not my movie, I'm turning it off. And Oh, this movie, it wouldn't be for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, like I, I went with, uh, I went with someone and like, this is not her movie. Like, cause I saw it in theaters on like, Christmas day. Uh, this is not her type of movie. And she watched Maybe it. Maybe she just didn't want to see it on Christmas. <laughs> That's probably it. I, I made I I was I struck out before I even like got into the damn seat in the seats. But uh, you got a yeah, receipt for this gift, <laughs> right? Exactly. You got a gift receipt. Uh, we'll see what you get when you get home. But um, yeah, dude. This I I I'm not I'm I'm not surprised because the people who like this movie would probably give it like a ten. 
and the people who don't like this movie would rate it five and below. So because of that, and, and like it's kind of like one of those movies that I really truly do feel like there's no in between, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe there is. But I think like, the movie is like would the Softy Brothers, whoever. I think the movie is well aware that it's like this one's for the fans and not for the the casuals. And, like if you don't like it, we don't care. We're trying and to. And that this. explains the um the budget situation was um, it cost nineteen million dollars to make this movie. Um, probably because it was shot in New York and that's probably where a lot of the budget went um, in Adam Sandler and it only made $50 million. So, huh. yeah. but I mean, it's like a, it was, it's like a film. It's a rated R movie come out during the holidays. So, that's not surprising. It's not surprising. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it's a great movie. Um, let's talk about eternal sunshine. Spot is mine. All right. I'll go through it a little quicker uh, just because we talked about a lot of the other things about it made for 20 mil made 74 million dollars at the box office so better better margins but also not a runaway hit especially considering jim carrey like adam sandler is usually a box office draw like if this was just another jim carrey or adam sandler movie those box office figures would be low but obviously this is them stretching a little bit uh michelle gondry had not really established him unless i'm forgetting something i don't think he'd really established himself in the u.s as a director so this was you know there wasn't a lot of like reason to see this movie unless you want to see a jim carrey movie and those, or or you like Kate Winslet, as many people do. But I feel like those people would have probably been turned off when it's like, oh, but it's not a comedy. And so, like, it makes sense that it's, the, the margins are a bit lower. I, sorry, oh, not, I don't want to no, cut no, you ahead. off. But, like, before I forget, because I will, I don't really remember this movie being marketed heavy, heavily. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters, yeah. I didn't see it in theaters. It wasn't billboards for it and mm-hmm. shit. Like, this movie was very much a the few the people who did see it told bought it, it and yeah. told people about it and we like I remember the DVD with the them on the on the you know the ice, the ice. sheet yeah. and with the crack you know like that's what I remember so like this movie I think found most of its legs once it hit the home video circuit. yeah it's a slow yeah. burn I saw yeah. this movie when I was like nineteen and I just moved into. I moved out of my dad's place and moved into my a new place with some roommates and my roommate had it. And then mm-hmm. I watched it on DVD. It was just- I think this was definitely, and this was right in the age of, you know, 2004 DVDs, the movie would come out and then it would do a lot. However successful the movie was, there'd be a big, a bunch of it would be factored into like, how well does it do on home video? And I think this was one of those movies. It came out, which I'm learning for the first time in March. So they weren't even like uncut gems was a, an awards darling. It was an unlikely awards darling, but it was released at that time to garner awards. There was a whole thing about if Sandler was going to get nominated and uh, the softies and and all that, it didn't wind up cleaning up, but it was, it was an unlikely awards movie. This movie came out in March, 2004, which I think a lot of movies released in March is studios aren't quite sure what it is. It's certainly not, you're not trying to win an Oscar if you release a movie in March. It's yeah. also not a summer movie. So this movie had to kind of find its audience. Um, it and, has... And it did get nominations. Yeah. It, it did, had, yes. It won, I think, best, adapt, uh, best screenplay, right? Or it got nominated. I will double check that. But uh, it has an 8.3 on IMDb, Leonard. Just uh, So yeah. that's, I think it's like in the top 250, however IMDb does that. I'm looking for awards. Yeah, it was, it won best original screenplay. You're right on the money, Jaquise. And, and yeah. Kate Winslet was nominated as well which we yep. talked about. Um, and it has so, a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. You want to do the Google users or does it matter to you? Well, Maybe <laughs> the Google users don't like they it. They like it. It's 93%. Okay. Yeah. They're, fucking with it. They're sad. 
<laughs> we all have our heart broken. If I could erase Latricia, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. She's not going to listen to this. But if she does, you just had a baby. You're beautiful. I, <laughs> I wouldn't erase you. I wouldn't erase you. Um, I wish you well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, the next part. We all these... have to say someone from our lives that we would erase. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Leonard, that brings us, we're all out of stats. We're all out of categories. It brings us to uh, the judge, the moment of judgment. We each get, uh, I went get last some time. I'm still, I'll go first this time. Okay. And uh, I'll, uh, I, I made some points earlier. And the reason why I know Chakis loves Eternal Sunshine and Sunshine is about his body. He loves Jim Carrey. But like I said earlier, Quinn didn't choose Truman Show. He chose Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. This is after. 10 years after he had shown that he could play anything and everything. And like you said earlier in the mask, the mask isn't great without Stanley Ipkiss. And he was, uh, had shown that ability from the jump that he could play a, a, just a common man, a, a grounded character, but also offset that with craziness. So I'm not going to take anything away from eternal sunshine. The spotless mind. It's fucking amazing movie. There's nothing I can say bad about it, but I'm just going to say, it maybe wasn't as surprising and maybe wasn't as tough of a role to play. I like, I feel like, you know, comedians could maybe play the depressed, you know, illustrator, every man. Like I'm not saying that the, the character wasn't the toughest character. It's not the toughest character to play, but Jim Carrey, like he does in all aspects was 100% knocked it out of the park, fucking killed it. But uncut fucking gems, like if you, if somebody, if you give some head executive the script to uncut gems and you're like, all right, who's going to be the leading man in this movie? You're going to say, I don't know, like, I don't even fucking know. I want to say Jason Statham. I don't, you're going to think of some big heavyweight movie star or some type of a different person. You're not, you're thinking a Brad Pitt or a Leo or something, someone who, has the certain chops and the uh, believability. I don't think anyone in their right mind would have thought Adam Sandler. Like you might've gotten laughed out of the room. If you're like, I got this movie and I want Adam Sandler to play the role of Howard Ratner. And he was just like, what? No, not, not at all. And I just feel like it's more of a dramatic turn. Cause this is the man that made fucking Jack and Jill. This man fucking, you know, this man is put out a lot of questionable movies, a lot of goofy slapstick movies. He always plays himself. And this was a fucking roller coaster ride. Like he, like Quinn said, people had to turn the movie off because they were so fucking stressed. And in this entire, the entire movie, I never thought about Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler. I thought about like, this guy's a fucking scumbag and he's fucking wild. And you're just along for the ride. And you're fucking stressed because you believe it so well because he does such a fucking good job. And I want to say the only time I really felt like, oh, now I'm seeing Adam Sandler is when he grabs the basketball cookies and he and he goes and it's like, oh, there's Adam. Got had to get a scene with him in dribbling basketball. But <laughs> uh, I think both these movies are amazing, and both the actors did great jobs. I just feel like Adams was a more of a a larger dramatic turning point than Jim Carrey's. Okay. 
Okay. Good argument. I'll try to I'll try to keep it quicker, but um, I don't think Adam Sandler is a good actor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Adam Sandler. (laughs) I don't think Adam Sandler. Uh, if you put him on a stage and stripped him of like, you know, all of his tricks and the things we know about him could like interpret like uh, just a, a script as well as Jim Carrey. I think we've established that. I don't think I'm breaking ground, but I, I don't think he's, I think he does one thing pretty well, which is, and we've seen him do the shtick and people have varying levels of tolerance for that. But I think generally his movie star persona is like normal guy, kind of a dude who gets angry and then loses his temper and stuff. Um, he absolutely adds some shades to his, like some tools to his tool belt that I had never seen before in Uncut Gems. Um, I don't, and and the whole movie, you feel for, you feel with Adam Sandler, you feel for him, or maybe you're feeling like separate apart from him, like, guy, what are you doing? So, but he's he's drawing emotion out of you watching that movie. But I, I don't know, like we talked about like the way the movie's mixed and the way that it's kind of cut and the fact that you see him making all these increasingly worse decisions. I don't know how much I personally put on Adam Sandler doing that as well as being part of a, a film that knows exactly how to use him. And I think that's a, a big reason for his success in comedy and, and in drama. I think Punch Drunk Love is another good example. Paul Thomas Anderson was like, what if we took this weird Adam Sandler persona and put him in the real life? He'd probably be kind of an antisocial dude. And then like, that's mm. what that movie is. Yeah. Um, I think he's grown a lot. I think I thought the hype for him getting an Oscar. I wanted to see Adam Sandler get nominated for an Oscar. I didn't think he deserved to win one, but I, I just thought it'd be cool to like see him at the table with those kinds of people that he's not normally with sitting next to Meryl Streep or whatever. Um, I think Jim Carrey, as we've discussed, is a good actor. I think the, what makes Jim Carrey's dramatic turn more impressive. It's, it's not that it's that as a comedian, Adam Sandler kind of is slacker comedy. He does the thing. He gets angry. <coughs> and it's funny. As a comedian, Jim Carrey is just doing everything. He's like Charlie Chaplin or Groucho Marx, but he can also, he's got like a quick wit and he's got like a tremendous sense of timing. I think he runs circles around Adam Sandler as a comedian, just as a physical comedian. Whoever's movies you like more, that's fine. And I think dramatically, it's the same. I think Jim Carrey uh, has just, he has maybe the most expressive face in like movies. And it's a great service to him when he's, doing comedy stuff because he can contort it in any which way, but it's really impressive and cool and, and shows you a lot of range when you see him do it in eternal sunshine, when you just really feel for this guy. And this movie seems like a slam dunk now, but I don't know that it works if you don't have a guy that you can like get behind in real, cause it might just be some weird French guys movie about this kind of silly premise. And like, you need to accept a lot of this stuff as fact. And I think Jim Carrey is the key to that. And I think I could have picked the Truman show. Uh, I think I could have picked, man on the moon i think i could have picked a couple other movies but i think weirdly in picking to me his most like understated performance i think that just because he's still got to draw a lot out of you the audience and i think that solidifies it for me so that's my argument i've got one rebuttal oh you're gonna rebut my argument i didn't okay <laughs> you see adam sandler adam sandler is literally on the screen for like 98 percent of the time in in uncut gems well you're gonna give him the attendance award uh, <laughs> and the fact that Jim Carrey has so many options for dramatic turns, just I feel like. We but can... is it most surprising dramatic turn, or is it the best dramatic yes. turn? Okay, all right. Well, that's it. That's all I gotta say. I'll give you a little bit. I'm gonna rebut your rebuttal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Uh, so tell us how you feel, uh, Jackie, and then you know. So like, okay, all right. 
So let me respond to both of you. I think you both made great arguments, really Thank good you. arguments. Um, I see what you're saying, Leonard. Like, and I'm I, I'm not choosing one yet, but I see what you're saying, Leonard. And like, you feel this movie is a bigger turn from Adam Sandler that we see um, or that we know or the credit that maybe credit is the wrong word, but the, the, the eye rolling nature of the Adam Sandler that we have come to know. And then to turn to this role and be like, Oh, why don't you just keep doing this shit? Right. Is versus Jim Carrey, especially in 2003, um, these were a little bit closer together from the Majestic and Man on the Moon and the Truman Show and everything like that. So the surprise of the turn wasn't as uh, jarring. I I 100% get that. I also see what you're saying, Quinn, that the, the movie that Adam Sandler is in has a lot to do with the role, with the, with the role that, or with how we perceive the role, right? Um, where I don't think that's the case with Eternal Sunshine. I think, like you said, like I personally think, and we didn't really get into this earlier when you mentioned it before, but I think the Eternal Sunshine role is a lot harder to do because it takes, because it, it, it required Jim Carrey to do something that's so fucking hard to do in the movie, and that is be relatable. Like he was so fucking relatable in that movie and the nuance that he bought to it, like the part where he was the kid and it was still him. And like, I felt like, and he was being bullied uh, when he saw like Kate Winslet's underwear. He's like, Ugh. like, like all these parts. Like I felt like when, like his eyes pop open, you see the one tear come down his fucking eye. And I'm like, this is fucking heartbreaking. Right. Adam Sandler did exactly what the fuck he was supposed to do in this movie. Induce anxiety and make you root for and against one man. <laughs> That's exactly what the fuck you're doing. You're rooting for him and you're rooting against him because he's a goddamn moron. Right? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. The thing that I was I, I I was I was hoping to hear what I feel about Jim Carrey's role in Eternal Sunshine. Uh, and Quinn brought it up, which is he is a better actor. And I don't know if that movie doesn't work without him. I really don't. I know it's, a, I know it's more, I don't know if that movie works without him. I don't know if that movie works without Kate Winslet. Like, I'm not just saying it to Jim Carrey. I think it is a perfectly cast film. Um... Uncut Gems would have worked with anybody. <laughs> I really believe that. I truly, and that's not to take anything away from Adam Sandler. Like, anybody could also fucked it up, and he didn't. And I think there's something to be said with that. But, like, it had Kevin Garnett in it. Like, and Kevin Garnett was also great. But, like, you know, they could have chose the 2009 series with Derrick Rose and maybe he would have gave us like, you know, like there's, there's something about uncut gems where it just, you know, Derrick Rose ain't goddamn got no acting chops. He can't even do interviews, man. I know. I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. Maybe Paul Pierce or something. Maybe, maybe they could have got Paul Pierce and he would have did. 
and that, I'm, I'm truly not saying that to take anything away from Adam Sandler because like I said like you still have to be an actor and come for the role and deliver and he did he delivered and there's something to be said about that Just say it, man. Just say it. I think it's Eternal Sunshine, man. I gotta go to Quinn, bro. I gotta right. go to Quinn. I'm sorry. I'm hey, sorry. It is Oof. what it is. Sorry. Also, also, one point, I, I will say this. I will say this, Leonard. Um, you made a great argument. The uh, One of the parts that I feel, and this is, you know, let me give you tips, because you already won this season, but let me give you tips for winning more next year. One he doesn't need things, any tips to kick my ass. He's been kicking my ass. <laughs> one of the things that I think, like, you, you, you mentioned um, is that we've seen a lot from Jim Carrey with the dramatic roles and things like that. Um, and, and for you personally, you hadn't seen that as much with Adam Sandler, but like I have. Like this is also Adam Sandler's like sixth yeah. or seventh dramatic turn, you know? So like I, I've seen them both have multiple dramatic turns like before they got to, I saw Jim Carrey have multiple dramatic turns before he got to Eternal Sunshine and I've seen and Adam. all of Jim Carrey's dramatic turns were better than Adam's. <laughs> I, for the most part, I would, I would say, well, no, I would, uh, the Majestic was a little boring to me. And uh, like so treacly, like he was trying so hard to be Jimmy Stewart in that movie. I remember seeing the Majestic and loving it as a kid and then seeing it a little bit later. And being, yeah, like, it's oh. not great. Yeah. The number 23 is also bad. Yeah, I saw that in the theaters. <laughs> number 23 is awful. Whereas, I watched like, like half sh- that movie and I just Yeah, it's, it's bad. It. Whereas Rain Over Me, I think I thought he should have been nominated for that because that movie was fantastic. He was fucking great in that movie. I think that's his best turn, um, to be honest. So yeah, I would probably say, uh, don't admit you haven't seen his other shit when you try to win an <laughs> argument. I got you. Don't, don't admit you. it. Just you know, don't admit, don't admit that because they're gonna be like, but he has turned in dramatic turns got before you. this. Gotcha. Uh, that was one thing I was like, no, but he's done it. He's done it a few times. So yeah, man. Well, I, I thought this done a t- few times. Yeah. You say what? Goddamn I was about to say something nice, but now I'm not going to. Uh, go, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, dunk on me like I'm, you know, Adam uh, Sandler in a game of basketball. This is uh, the end of season three. We still haven't decided a punishment yet. We, I don't. I'm, well, you want me to decide my own punishment? I'll come yeah, up I'm with something. Do, I'll, I'll you come up gotta with decide it. I'm gonna is it gonna be a good? Is it? Is it? What's the type of punishments, y'all? I feel like I'm gonna change it up this season. Last two seasons, we've forced the other, the loser to watch, watch a movie some, they don't like. Yeah, which is a pretty I, mild punishment. It's but it's, it's pandemic. You gotta give us some credit. We couldn't really go to someone's house yeah, and really yeah, force a harsh. But punishment. now the world is back open, and we're gonna spice it up. So you should make them eat something he don't like. That's what like Carl said. That's what Carl said. Put some hot sauce and some ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> and, we, and I said I think before I lost because I didn't know he was gonna lose. I said we are definitely gonna make the loser do that, and then I never brought that shit up again. I don't know. <laughs> Made him eat. Make make him eat a spoon. I'm of thinking flour. maybe like. <laughs> He has to wear like a Team Jake or like Twilight shirt every Friday for like the next month or something. Like something where he, people think he is a fan of something that he's not. So therefore he either has to pretend that he is or tell them that he lost the season of his podcast and he's forced to wear it. And then 
whoever if the person likes it then they just feel bad and he has to talk about it with them i don't know or, or, you know you're dropping the ball here leonard i would have had so many inventive punishments uh inv- like because you knew you won last week and see yeah. this is this goes back to leonard's i've been busy man right? i've been busy okay? <laughs> so, oh okay now you're gonna big time oh, me yeah. are, you, are, you da- are you dating are you dating anybody quinn are you dating anybody i'm engaged to uh yes uh, so, so no work. but because yes, i was gonna because i was gonna say you should make him like send a picture of his shit to like his like perspective love interest <laughs> Oh, my you can't God. fuck with my relationship, Leonard. All right, <laughs> no. I will erase you like you are Clementine. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that to him or to Corey. So. Uh, We're gonna, I can send a picture of Leonard's junk to somebody. You want to do that? Um, you got to come up with it, man. I, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to throw you a life raft to come up with an inventive punishment listen, for I'll, me. By the time we do the awards episode, I'll have. I'll I'll have a punishment, okay? Okay. Leonard, if you don't come up with something good, <laughs> you you letting down the culture, man. I'm okay. just letting you know that you gonna Here, let down the culture. <laughs> here's what else he didn't do, Jaquise. Like this is the exact same scenario that played out last season. We were we do a best of nine, so it's first to five. Mm-hmm. Leonard was up. Uh, he was up one on me going into the eighth episode. So if he won that episode, nine would have been irrelevant. Much like this is our ninth episode, and it didn't really matter for the winner, but. What we did was like he won in the eighth episode and then we created another punishment. Like if you lose again, Quinn, and you've already you're not going to win. But if you lose another match, you got to do something even worse. Leonard didn't even come up with that. He clearly has been busy. He's been in Joshua Tree baking his brain and uh, it shows it shows. All right. I would have had you. I would have had more parlays and shit than than Howard Ratner. I would have been all over you. I would have had all these inventive things, I'm but I'm grateful that you are are slacking because I I am a loser and I feel like <laughs> yeah, you gotta stop you gotta stop slacking Leonard you gotta stop slacking I'm counting on you bro I'm counting on Got you, you. Uh, <laughs> well I, for sure it's not gonna be part of the punishment but I am going to make uh, myself a season three champion T shirt and I'm gonna make you a season three loser mm. T shirt so mm. that's gonna be part of it one hundred percent. So, so you're buying me a shirt. That's part of yes. the punishment. <laughs> no, I got to be a shirt that you wear all the time, yeah, Leonard. <laughs> um, this has been a blast. Leonard didn't come yeah. prepared with the punishment, but Jaquise, you came prepared. Uh, I thought I, I thought that some of the more interesting we get, obviously, we get jokey on this podcast, but I, I enjoyed just like the earnest, frank conversation about Eternal Sunshine and uh, and and the films of Adam Sandler as well. But uh, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Listen, yeah, I, uh, I always appreciate talking about. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Leonard. No, no. Uh, well, where can the people find you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank well, thank you guys for both having me. I appreciate. I, I appreciate talking about shit I love and. I loved Eternal Sunshine. I like Uncut Gems. This was easy and this was fun. I encounter um, way too many people in LA and anywhere, everywhere else that are like, will not give Jim Carrey his due. So when you wow. started off and you were like, Jim Carrey is one of my favorites, Eternal Sunshine and Truman Show are top five. Like that's more than me, but I also love Jim Carrey. And I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> Whether or not I lose, fun. I'm going to enjoy the next hour. So this was fun. This was fun. Uh, at Jackie's Nill on everything. Easiest way to find me. Uh, or in these streets, you know what I'm saying? Uh, wherever you want to find me, I'll be there. So, y'all motherfuckers that. with these unique, one of a kind names, man, where you just put your full name and your goddamn. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Now take that up with your mama and your daddy. <laughs> Literally, my daddy. I'm Leonard Smith Jr. Was he he's the one getting... that has the handles? <laughs> you try to get like a yeah, Twitter thing, and he's Leonard Smith. <laughs> yeah, he nah. has all the handles at you. It's yeah. some like old white lawyer. He might be dead now, so we'll see. Nah. Damn. You should do. You should do. You, I mean, I mean, you already have your handles, but you should have just went LSJ 
at LSJ. At LSJ. I'm sure that would have been fun. That would be, it's probably taken. But this has been a blast, though. Yeah, uh, thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Uh, yeah, it's a great way to close out, the, close out the competition part of the season. We will, of course, be back next week. We're going to do uh, some wrap-ups, probably a bonus episode, an award show, all kinds of fun stuff. At some point, Leonard's going to have to figure out how to punish me. I feel like... Uh, <laughs> I feel like a submissive without a dom. I just feel like I'm like waiting to be it's like, is someone going to come in with the whip? Like what's going on? But I've already paid. We'll get that squared away. We will announce that on uh, our, our next episode sometime on the socials, but thanks to everyone who listened through this season. And uh, until then we'll see you at the cinema in real. We can go back to the cinema now, Leonard. This is not just yeah. an empty sign off. We, we seen may see a couple times when he's gone to the cinema. Cause uh he came and saw me at Barney's, but I yes, no sir. longer work there. And now we can burn it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs>